Well, good evening, everybody, and welcome to a winning edition of the Demon Land podcast. Uh, my name is Andy, and joining me again, uh, Grapeviney. Good evening, Grapeviney. Uh, good evening, Andy, and good evening, Demon Land. Uh, it's a good time to be a Melbourne supporter, it seems. Two games left, two very winnable games, and finals on the cusp of finals. Yeah, I always uh, get very worried uh, when we start talking about uh, winnable games uh, because, as you know, as well as I do, we don't perform at our best when we're expected to win. Um, I'm probably a bit more cynical than you are in that regards, but, uh, yeah, I, I sort of like being a bit of the underdog. Uh, but we've outgrown that, haven't we? We've won enough times this year, I think, that um, we should have a bit more faith in the boys. Uh, it was a cl- Close call again on the weekend, um, but uh, you know we we've had how many must-win games over the year, and uh, <laughs> we've won a fair majority of them. So um, our destiny is in our own hands, which is a, a good place to be. It is, and one of the th- one of the topics we were going to talk about uh, tonight, uh, which we'll talk about now because we'll talk more in depth about the game after we bring on our very special guest tonight who none other than Mark Jamar, um, we'll be bringing him on shortly. But before we do, before we bring him on, um, we've got a couple of minutes up our sleeves and, um, you know, we've got this, this syndrome that we, that is often, it was, I think it was coined on Demon Land. I don't know who coined it, um, but it's uh, the Melbourne Football Club Supporters Syndrome. And... Uh, do, do we have a, an official definition of what it actually is or um, is it just um, the negativity that uh, surrounds this black cloud that surrounds all Melbourne supporters or the majority of us thinking that nothing good can ever uh, happen to us? It's a bit of both. It is just the general negativity, but it's born out of incidents such as um you know, a bag of bricks falling on Christian Salem's head in a commando camp. Um, I mean, we could, you know, Stephen, going back to Stephen Tingay, um, falling through a plate glass window, um, whatever bizarre incident that was. So it's born out of, um, you know, a whole catalogue um, of instances where we've been uh, as... Um, uh, demon blog, Adam would say it, where we've been fisted. So um, it, it is, you know, there is truth to it. Yeah, um, I think, um, I don't know if it's, it's a fairly new thing, but um, I think it goes back uh, further considering, uh, you know, we've been starved of success, you know, for so, so long. Um, I don't know if there's a, I don't believe there's an actual curse out there. But, um, uh, yeah, I, I, I sort of blame everything about the club on this, this, uh, this damn syndrome. But well, it, it, is, is, yep. is, this, is this syndrome going away? Um, you know, can we, can we break the shackles of it and see a light at the end of the rainbow? Well, the question is, does it end if we make finals? Um, you know... Surely, at some point, we have to have confidence in what we're doing and the club, and things are many more things are going right than are going wrong. So, 
surely at some point we have to cast it off. Um, just as we've cast off the bad old days, we're entering a new era. So our, um, our mood should reflect that. Yeah, look, I think, um, I think, you know, if we do make the finals, uh, yeah, that, that's the step in the right direction. And there are steps in the right direction. Um, even this, this round sort of, uh, you know, proved both sides of the coin that, um, you know, we are taking steps forward. But, you know, how, how good was that the first quarter? And we'll talk more in depth about it later. But then we nearly blew a seven-goal lead. Uh, and had we done that and ended up losing the game, which we didn't, and, you know, some of that steps in the right direction were shown in the last quarter, but had we blown that lead and lost the game, then that MFC SS is alive and well. I don't, I don't think so, because how many times have we come back from five goals down this year? So we've seen it happen uh, a lot in our games where we've been the comeback kids, um, and uh, two, we've seen it, you know, it's happened all throughout the competition in plenty of games. So momentum is uh, such um, a force in modern footy that it really doesn't take much to get um, going and to kick uh, a bag of goals very quickly. And, um, yeah, I, I don't, you know, we've spoken before about not... Um, not tarnishing the current crop of players with the sins of years gone by. So, um, well, they don't know anything about this MFC SS. We, we'll keep it to ourselves, um, and, and that's sort of evident. I think when uh, a lot of the media were making a big deal about the North Melbourne not having won, uh, you know, in fourteen years or whatever it was. Um, it's been so long ago. I don't even remember. Um, and you know, current coach Goody just says, "Well, you know." doesn't care about that. It's not relevant. It's got to, nothing to do know. with the current group, exactly. Yeah. So, yep. I mean, I, I was speaking to, to Jack Watts the, the week before that game at, at a function, and I sort of brought up that fact, and he wasn't even aware. I, I think he knew we hadn't been in North in a long time, but, the, you know, it only dawned on him when, <laughs> when I put it into his head that we hadn't, uh, yes, it's my fault, um, that, uh, yeah, that he had never beaten them in his uh, entire career. Mm. Yep. But, yeah, it's um, – look, um, it's got nothing to do with our current crop, but I think it's just – it's in the supporters' heads and until we start seeing um, the fruits of uh, the success, it's always still going to be there. We've got two weeks to go. We've got two very winnable games. But if And our destiny is in our hands. Um, only we can – uh, fluff it up here. We're not relying on anyone else. If we if we win those two games, we're in the finals. There's no um, there's no doubt about that. Um, but if we don't make the finals, if we drop one or two of these games, then you know supporters are going to be slitting their wrists, and it's like whoa, whoa is us. Yeah. Look, we had an MFC SS moment on the weekend. Um, as St Kilda were coming back, you and I probably both thought or were saying that we were gone. Um, did we really believe that or were we just preparing ourselves in case the worst happened? Well, for me, it was preparing myself for the worst. Uh, I sort of uh, go into battle that uh, we already lost. And if we win, oh, that's great. <laughs> it's, you know, uh, mm. But that's just my negativity. I am, in general, I'm, I'm a negative person. So... Uh, 
you know, it's it won't be until we uh, cons- can consistently uh, win and win well um, and play four quarters of footy that I'll be more confident. But I've I've been saying it all year. I've say, been saying it on the podcast all year. We can beat anyone. I know we have the ability to go out and beat anyone on our day. And we can go out and we can lose to low place Brisbane, second bottom north. And maybe that's because it's an even competition this year. But, um, yeah, I, I think we can win against anyone and lose against anyone. But it's until yep. we can we can go into games sort of being you know, quite confident that we're going to win. And, you know, I, I think it's, it's quite rare. There's only a couple of teams over the last uh, decade that can sort of boast that. I'd, I'd say most Hawthorne supporters over the last decade have been pretty confident going into games, Geelong supporters as well, uh, you know, perhaps Brisbane during that period. But, yeah, I want that feeling too, <laughs> as do most uh, supporters. Coming soon to a theatre near you. Yes, and I think at that point we're going to just take a uh, short uh, break. You'll uh, hear uh, I'll be playing all the goals from uh, from from last week's game and uh, we'll just get... Um, our very special guest, Mark Jamer, on the line. Make sure he can hear us. We can hear him, and then you'll uh, you'll hear us coming back in a moment. Bait slicing it in towards half forward. It fell for Martin. He is a left footer. Oh, he just took a bit too long. Jarrah need to be clever. Did okay. McKenzie awkward bounce to two big men. Jamer and Johnson. A goal-kicking machine. Um, our guest tonight played 155 games for the club between 2003 and 2015. During that time, he became one of the premier ruckmen in the league and was rewarded with all Australian honours and a third in the BNF in 2010, a season when the Demons promised so much. Unfortunately, it was not to be, and in the following years, the club endured a horror stretch with very few wins. After finishing up at the MFC in 2015, he returned for one final fling with the Bombers, playing five more games with that club before pulling up stumps. He's one of the few living demons who can boast of having played in a final. <laughs> I'm talking about Mark J. Mar, of course. Uh, welcome to the Demonland podcast, Mark. Thanks, Jason. Thanks, Andy. How are you enjoying uh, life after footy? Uh, said to... One of my mates, Stephen Salopak, last night, who I play with at St Kevin's Old Boys, he said, how's your first year out? And I said, I've actually loved it. Um, you know, obviously we miss footy and we, we love playing with the boys and, you know, you're around 42 of your best mates every day. But, um, you know, when that time comes to an end and the, the pressures of footy are over, um, you've got things to look forward to, like more time with your family, your business interests, and maybe some leisure activities you probably don't get to do while you are playing. So... Uh, I've definitely enjoyed it. Um, I do miss it, but definitely enjoyed it nonetheless. So, Mark, you, you mentioned you're playing uh, with St Kevin's in the amateurs. Uh, are you enjoying that? And how much fun is it to be playing without the pressure and scrutiny that comes, you know, with playing in the AFL? Yeah, I'm really enjoying it. Obviously, um, yeah, the amateurs is a quality competition, and obviously, you don't get paid, so there's no pressure <laughs> that you mentioned. So. We're really lucky that we get to turn up to training and, and games for fun. Of course, 
our coach Shannon Grant's still very demanding on us, but uh, I think we've got a real good core group of young kids um, from the college that are now, you know, 19, 20, 21 years old that are starting to blossom, um, along with a few old heads, um, four or five of us ex-AFL guys, which um, are there just, you know, to provide leadership and pretty much, yeah, get the boys up and about. And um, we've been lucky enough to, to be probably going to finish on top of the ladder this season. So looking forward to, to playing finals, which, uh, as you mentioned, I've only played in, in two AFL finals. So it's uh, pretty exciting to be coming up um, finals this season. Yeah, good luck for it. Um, you're a standout performer at the 2001 Under-18 Champs um, and selected in the All-Australian team, yet you were overlooked at that year's draft. Um, how how disappointing was that? Um and what were you expecting going into draft day? You've been contacted by clubs, you know, leading in the lead-up. Yeah, obviously I uh, went to draft camp that year and um, met with probably three or four clubs. Um, and when the draft day came around, I was um, very disappointed. Obviously um, had a manager and everything at the time and being the only South Australian in the All-Australian team and playing senior footy for North Adelaide all of that season, I thought, well... You know, surely I'm a good chance to go first round, if not, um, you know, in the top 22 of the country, considering um, the All-Australian honours. But, uh, yeah, I think um, when footy finished that year and uh, I was at school, still eating donuts, pies, (laughs) Coca-Cola, I got fat. And, uh, yeah, I think I turned a lot of clubs off. Um, You know, I was 105 kilos as an 18-year-old at draft camp. you know, nowadays, young ruckmen that are 198 plus, they're rocking up sort of 96, 97 kilos. So, you know, you can imagine um, as an 18-year-old rocking up at 105, I probably didn't set a very good standard. Um, but that's probably just a lack of education that I had at the time. I mean, I was a country boy. I'd played one year of under-17s at North Adelaide and then um, went to year 12 yep. in Adelaide and played seniors. So yep. I was in, in none of the elite sort of underage competitions or, or anything like that so my education in terms of diet and um, all that sort of stuff was pretty limited so I've only got myself to blame but um, that's probably why I never got drafted. Yep. So you eventually you're picked up uh, by the D's in the uh, rookie draft uh, what were your expect expectations at the time uh, did you think you'd ever get a chance to play in the big league and uh, be elevated to the senior list? Yeah, I think from memory um I wasn't going to come to Melbourne. I was just going to stay in Adelaide and, and play another year in Central because, um, for whatever reason, that was just what I was considering. And um, Neil Danaher rang me, I think, a few days later and said, mate, uh, Darren Jolly's got his sister's wedding uh, when the NAB Cup's on. Well, I forget what cup it was back then, probably the Wizard <laughs> Cup, something yeah. like that. Um, and he goes, we're going to Cairns and we're going to play against Brisbane. And I don't have another ruckman apart from Jeff. So he goes, if you, you, I need you to play, you've got to come across and you're going to play in the uh, Wizard Cup. So that sort of twisted my arm a little bit. And um, I thought, you know, stuff it, I've got to give it a go. Um, yeah, so that's that's how that sort of all, all unfolded. And um, I think from memory, memory, I was pretty competitive in the ruck that night, my first hit out in the Wizard Cup. But, uh, yeah, still had a long way to go before I was ever going to get a senior game, which... Um, ended up happening the the year after that. 
you played second fiddle um, as as all young ruckmen do to Jeff White and Paul Johnson for a while. Um, obviously, a time of sort of learning for you. Um, how frustrating though is it to be um, to be in that role, and how important is it to take the opportunities um, when they do come your way at that stage? Yes, the. The disappointing thing about that was the game time. Um, I was in a team on many occasions, but sitting on the bench for big periods of time, it wasn't really in those days, what, you know, three, four, five, um, there wasn't as much reliance on spreading the load with yeah. uh, the rotations. So I think my first game, I had 18 minutes game time. You know, that's not even a quarter. So those um, that was probably the, the frustrating part because no one develops their game on the bench. You're probably better off in the VFL getting full games and and getting some continuity. But uh, yeah, obviously back then you had your main ruckman and then your second ruckman. And um, I guess for whatever reason, uh, Neil chose to, to play me on the bench. It probably wasn't quite good enough to hold a spot down forward at the time. And that's uh, that's probably what slowed my development in a way, as well as body and uh, you know skills. You know I was never a good kick when I was young, so there was all those factors that contributed to it. But then I'd go back to the VFL and and do quite well. I think I come runner up in Sandy's Best and Fairest when I played only ten games there in my second year. So I was capable. I just couldn't make it happen at that top level. Um, so, so Mark, have you been watching the D's this year? And what have you made of the efforts of like Tom McDonald and in particular Cam Peterson, who have been forced to take over ruck duties after Gorn and Spencer got injured? Look, I must admit I haven't been paying a lot of attention um, to the D's as such. However, whenever it's on Don't tell us you've become a bomber after one season. uh, Well, my wife's not a big footy person, so (laughs) I've got to, of course, watch the bomber games because I'm part-time coach there. And then when I can, I sneak in a a few quarters of the Melbourne games just to – because obviously I love watching the boys play and I I wish them all the best and I'm proud of them. And – yeah, I haven't really been closely watching it, but in in terms of what you're saying with McDonald and Pedersen doing the ruck duties, I mean, God, two guys that are undersized in terms of centimetres, but, you know, big in terms of heart. And um, that's one thing you're definitely going to get is a contest when those two guys are out there, whether they're forward, back, you know, or in the ruck. So when Max and uh, Spence got injured, I thought those guys stood up and um, give it their all. Speaking of Jake Spencer, he's been really unlucky this year. Um, obviously came into the side when Max went down but got injured um, almost straight away um, and then couldn't get a, a spot back in the side um, even when the two pinch hitters were being used. Is there still a role for him at the MFC going forward, do you think? Well, I can only say from an outsider looking in, and Spencer's one of those guys, he's 203, 105, six kilos or whatever he is, he can run. He's got a big tank. He's a tackling machine. He's quick. Um, he can take a mark up forward. He's probably not known for being a you know reliable set shot or you know a really big contested mark, but I've trained with him for a lot of years and I've seen him do it. And, and I know that, um, yeah, if I had a ruckman like Max, you know, an All-Australian um, in the prime of his career and I needed a number two, I'd be I'd be calling on you know someone like Jake Spencer for sure. Yep. 
So c- clubs are being like far more adventurous in their midfield setup these days, and and some clubs are ch- even choosing to play without a recognised ruckman. Uh, what do you make of that development? And is the ruck position in danger of becoming extinct, uh, like we've seen with uh, you know pinch hitters uh, going in the ruck at the D's? Yeah, look, I I hope not because you know it's a great art ruck work, and um, I still truly believe your midfield's got a great advantage if. If you've got a ruckman um, putting it down, you know, someone like Brent Maloney, Colin Sylvia's throat. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, reminiscing a bit there, but yeah. uh, I just think that's so valuable. And, yeah, of course, the hit-out doesn't mean you're going to win the clearance. The clearance doesn't mean your forward's going to mark it or, or whatever, but it definitely gives you a good chance. And I know how I'd rather be setting up is to a dominant ruckman. You won uh, All-Australian Honours in 2010, how much value do you place on that as a personal achievement, especially now that you've um, you've finished up footy and can reflect back on your career? I think um, a few days before the awards night, me and James Frawley were in the office at Melbourne, in the off-season, of course, and they're like, oh, do we have to go to this bloody awards night thing? And they're like, yeah, it's compulsory. I'm like, well, no, we're going home because he wanted to go to Ballarat. I wanted to go to Port Pirie. So they're like, no, no have to go and um yeah lo and behold we uh we both got named james on the on the field and me on the bench and, and of course liam jarrah got awarded mark of the year that night as well so it's actually a pretty good night <laughs> and neil danaher told me he goes about time you come good he goes you cost me my coaching career because <laughs> he was there obviously representing west coast at the time so it was good we got that a bit of a laugh and, and all that sort of stuff and I think at the time, I um, just thought, yeah, okay, I've had a good year. I expect to be, you know, in amongst those conversations with um, the sort of ability I was sort of displaying and, I guess, marks going forward, you know, hitting it down the boy's throat, things like that. So, uh, and I think now, looking back, it's more like, wow, that's, um, I'm pretty proud of it. I think at the time, you sort of just roll with it and, oh, yeah, that's great, but, you know, it's sort of how you sort of um, see yourself at the time. But uh, looking back, I'm pretty proud and obviously very fortunate that um, Aaron Sandlands and where he was in it, but maybe Dean Cox had sore groins that year. So maybe that uh, helped my cause as well. Yeah, you talked about uh, reminiscing uh, before and I was reminiscing myself today um, when I was trying to pull some audio to uh, to bring you in tonight. Um you know, I was looking. I was watching a lot of those uh, those taps uh, straight down Brent Maloney's throat, and um, I wanted to get uh, some audio, some sound bites of those things. But the commentators really don't get excited about those amazing taps. They're more more so for the high flying marks people take and the goals they kick. Uh, so I ended up choosing a, 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 a choosing some audio of you kicking a goal, um, but. You, you had a really special relationship with uh, Brent Maloney in the middle. Uh, does Beamer claim responsibility for your success that year? Oh, look, it's a, it's a two-way street. You know, the Ruffin's got to put it there, but just <laughs> importantly, as importantly, the midfield's got to get there. I mean, these guys have got, um, you know, elites like, you know, your penalties and whoever else trying to stop them getting to the hit zone, which, you know, it's, it's not easy, especially when they know who it's going to. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> but that's when, I mean, Brent and I lived together for a number of years. Uh, we are best mates, had a lot in common. Um, yeah, we really probably, it was probably a bit longer than the sort of 2010, 2011 when 
it probably sort of started to come to fruition. We're actually working together since, you know, 2004 or five, um, when he first came to the club. So it probably took a while to perfect, but we got there in the end. And um, I said to him the other night, because he was at my place last week for a barbie, and I just said, you know, a lot of times he wasn't even the hit to, but he just ended up with the footy because of his ability to, to read where it was going or, you know, maybe just get there to support his teammate who was a hit to and it bounced the wrong way and he was able to come up with it. So I think, um, yeah, he was obviously a very special talent and one of the best clearance players in the comp, if not the best at the time. So, yeah, it was very lucky for me to have someone reliable like him. And um, I think it was very lucky for him as well to have someone who sort of hit their peak at that time, which was good for him. Yep, plenty of clearances, that's for sure, uh, from the two of you. The 2010 season was a bit of a topsy-turvy one. Um, we had some really memorable wins, but also some um, pretty significant defeats. The general belief, though, in the footy world was that we were on the cusp of finals and a, a good era. What went wrong in your eyes? Um, <laughs> well, probably can't say too much. About what I actually feel, <laughs> um, but but all I'll say is Dean Bailey was on the right track, and uh, the belief was there with you know ninety percent of the boys. The other ten yeah. percent might be the ones that were out of favour and not getting the game or or weren't towing the line or whatever. But um, yeah, I don't think we were far off. I think um, the ball movement, style of play, was very attacking, and we were able to score very quickly. Uh, yeah, we probably weren't the most defensively minded and that, that part of the game did need work. But, you know, that could have been a flow on, um, you know, the years after that to sort of perfect that. But uh, I don't really think he was ever able to coach 100% to his abilities. I think he was getting um, his strings pulled from a little bit higher up, which probably made it hard for Dean to, to do exactly what he wanted. And we did have a few troubles um, just with the culture and, and the sort of, stuff like that around the club with so many young, talented guys just given a game um, instead of maybe earning it. So that was uh, that didn't sit too well with a few guys that were probably deserved of getting a game that probably missed out for these young guys to get games into them, which obviously, you know, you should be made to earn your games. Um, otherwise, you take it for granted and, yeah, maybe it sets bad habits going forward. So I think we're on the right track and uh, there were maybe just a couple of things that weren't able to be sort of done correctly that uh, were probably out of Dean's hands at the time. So um, you endured some pretty challenging times at the D's in the following years, including the infamous infamous 186-point loss down at Geelong, the tanking <laughs> saga. Uh, oh, what, yeah. what was the mood and the environment at the club like during those times, and how hard was it to keep your spirits up when you were on the receiving end of uh, thrashings on an almost weekly basis? Uh, yeah, look, I think it's always tough. It's never easy when you're getting beaten. And uh, obviously we started to get... Well, I think in 2011, we're only a couple of games or finals. Yeah. Yep. And that was the uh, that was the year when we got flogged by Geelong in yeah. Geelong, which you know, it's always hard to to win there. I think the only time I came close was... I think I might have kicked the goal to draw the game back in 06. I think we drew down there. But um, that's the only time I got close to a win there and um, yeah that 186 points that was no one really saw it coming um, I know there was a bit going on behind the scenes 
that uh, week leading into it, which not everyone was privy to, but um, a few were, and that may have um, disrupted things and, and things went the way they did. And then obviously uh, Dean got sacked, you know, the next day, I think, which was, which was unfair and unfortunate, but um, that's the way it went. And, uh, yeah, I'm... I'm pretty disappointed with, with all that obviously no one likes to lose let alone lose by that much and, and be really uncompetitive um which we were, we were we were shocking i think the only thing we won that day was a hit out <laughs> but uh we definitely copped some beatings um 2012 2013 and yeah we've seen another coach um get let go and then obviously Ruzi came in and, and steadied the ship of late and um now under simon the team's really thriving uh, you've played more games than anyone else in the number 40 uh, jumper. Uh, didn't you ever want to trade down at some stage to, <laughs> you know, a lower locker? I once think you're established in the ones. I thought, I thought about it when Benny Holland was getting close to retiring. I thought, oh, maybe when Benny goes, I might take the number four. Yeah. But then, of course, that went to Jack Watts. <laughs> and I thought, well, actually, no one's played 100 games in the number 40. I may as well be at least the longest or the highest <laughs> amount of games in the number 40, and then 100 come, 150 come, and, um, yeah, now looking back, I think, because um, back then we all had the names on the locker if you'd only played 100 games or more. Okay, yeah. yep. And um, there was nothing from, yeah, 30-something onwards. So I was like, oh, I could get my name on the locker here. <laughs> and then we moved to Amy Park, and um, the lockers had the name of every player who ever wore that number. <laughs> oh. All that good work for nothing. I <laughs> know. Oh, Talk about being let down, but uh, now that's a good initiative anyway in itself. So yeah, it was. It's, I'm sort of proud of that as well in a way. That um, I don't think anyone wore it the year after I finished, and then um, obviously it's being worn again now. So yeah, that's that's footy, and um, I guess I'm pretty fortunate to have played that many games for the club I love. And I think you're still in the uh, number forty Guernsey. Is that correct at uh, <laughs> St Kevin's? Yeah, yeah, that's right chose to have the number 40 this year again so yeah it just feels like my number and yeah I don't know whether that's uh, a bit silly or whatever but um, yeah that's that's what I wanted and that's what I got yeah where does the nickname Russian come from uh, okay so <laughs> I'm not any part Russian whatsoever <laughs> <laughs> um, my dad's Dutch and my mum's Italian so I'm a bit of a Euro but um, I think first week at the club they were sort of Boys were chatting about oh, Bizzle the Frenchman and Neitz and Schwartz the Germans, and then I think Craig Ellis at the time goes ah, oh, and the big Russian, big Ivan Drago, the Russian, because <laughs> I think I had the short back and sides and the sort of flat top yeah. haircut, yeah, and um, they sort of likened me to the character Ivan Drago out of Rocky, so that's where that came from. And um, with all good nicknames, if you hate them and you ask politely not to be called them, they stick. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> um, so yeah, I stuck. Got stuck with it and um, I absolutely love it. I'm, no one calls me Mark. It's either Rush or Russian or Rushki or whatever they want to call me. Even get jars from time to time. So, yeah, it's uh, is a nickname that I've grown fond of and, um, yeah. So, so Mark, you were, you were at the D's um, uh, for 12 years and you were awarded with a life membership. How much value does something like that hold for you uh, when you look back and reflect on your career? I mean, it's awesome. Um, never did I thought when I left, 
you know, my hometown, moving to a big city in Melbourne, going to play with the oldest club in, in the country, MCG, MCC, all these things. Never did I think that, you know, I'd achieve life membership. Um, yeah, I think it's it's great. And uh, I was very honoured to be awarded that night. I took my wife along to the function with me and, and all those sort of things. And, yeah, I'm pretty, pretty honoured and, um, yeah, very lucky. Um, we've been lucky to have you on the show and you've been very generous with your time. We've just got two more questions for you. Um, you played last year at Essendon um, in a team setup that was basically unprecedented, um, uh, probably in the history of the game, perhaps outside of yeah. the years after the wars. But um, was that just a case of you wanting to play on um, and thinking you still had more to give? Um uh, and what was it like playing in that sort of unusual sort of setup? Well, to take you back a few months prior to that, um, at the end of the 2015 season, a manager said, oh, the club's keen to extend. And I said, yeah, no worries, let's get the last few games out of the way and then we'll, we'll talk about it. And um, then I went to my interview at the club, um, you know, after the last game on the Tuesday. And they said, oh, yeah, we're not going to go the next year. And I just said, oh, okay, um, could have told me that. So I was a little bit blindsided by that and probably didn't get the chance to prepare, you know, and, and finish the way I'd like to. Um, yeah. But that's footy. So anyway, I looked around at the end of that year because I thought, you know what, I'd still love to play another year. I really enjoy it and, and, and all that sort of stuff. So, um, but then anyway, I had, had a few options and I actually turned out a one-year contract from another club just because I, I thought about it and considered it and um, it just didn't end up being what I wanted to do um, and then I was meant to go to Essendon as a coach in January of that year, of the next year 2016 and um, went to the club and obviously met everyone and first session la, 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 and then um, the next day manager rings me after everything that happened and he goes um, Russian I think they're going to ask you to play and this is um, I think second week of January I said, oh, shit, you could have told me. I would have done a pre-season. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, yeah, so that's sort of how that came about. Um, it was sort yeah. of just I was in the place at the time. Um, it was probably the right fit for them. I wasn't in – I mean, I wasn't in the best shape of my career, but I wasn't the worst. I was probably a couple of kilos heavy, but, you know, I was still giving a good contest and still take a mark and win a hit out and all that sort of stuff. So, I, yeah, it took a few weeks to, to be convinced that, ended up doing it and um, it was one of the most fun years I've had for a long time and um, you know as it alluded to before when you're getting flogged you know multiple times um, in a season and maybe not winning and all that sort of stuff footy can get a bit sour and you, you can sort of get over it a little bit just because of the environment that those continuous losses create um, but then to go somewhere that really there was no expectation um, no pressure the only thing they expected was for us to have a crack and um, do our best and stick to team rules, uh, regardless of result. Um, it was fantastic. And to, to be playing with another nine guys from other clubs who either chose to finish or thought they were finished and get another opportunity um, in a unique yeah. circumstance, was uh, it was great. And everyone asked, what was it like? What was it like? But it was actually great fun. And, um, yeah, it was you know one of the fond memories I've got of footy, that's for sure. Excellent. 
So um, you mentioned that you're still mates with uh, Bima. He was over for a barbecue. Uh, are you mates with any of the other boys from your time at the D's? And uh, who do you, uh, if so, who do you still catch up with? Yeah, so Clint Bartram popped around tonight. Um, I took my little fella to the shopping centre to go to the playground and Barty rang and was headed out my way um, for dinner and I said, why don't you call in? So, yeah, um, Barty popped around. Um, Howie, Jeremy Howe, comes through my car wash the other day in Turak there. So I uh, organised a free wash for him. So, um, yeah, still speak to Howie quite a bit. Um, chatted to Cole Sylvia briefly, very briefly a few days ago and um, just said g'day. I think I still uh, and done up on Facebook the other day as well. Um, obviously, I still play with James Strauss at St. Kevin's Old Boys, so me and Strauss yeah. are pretty tight. Um, spoke to Tom Couch today. He uh, he was with us for a couple of seasons off the rookie list. Yep. Well, um, Sam Blees and I get on really well. You remember Sam Blees, yep, little yep. steepster? Um, yeah, so and, and obviously a number of others. So um, I'm not best mates with all of them, but I've got a lot of respect and time for a lot of them and as they as they do me. And um, I do have every intention of getting back to the club one day for the past players' shows and things like that. Because um, I still, you know, knock around a little bit with Roe Bale, Jared Rivers, these guys as well. So, um, yeah, it's a great thing, footy. It brings people together and you make a lot of friendships for life and you don't live in each other's pockets when you finish because you all go your own way and you have families, career and all that sort of thing. But it's definitely, um, yeah, a good thing. And I think to keep those relationships alive is very important. Nice. Uh, you mentioned your um, your your current business venture, the car wash. Do you want to give it a, a plug to all of our listeners? <laughs> yeah, why not? Um, so one of, one of my interests, uh, me and a couple of mates started up, it's called Pearl Hand Car Wash. It's in Turak above the Woolworths in the Tock H Centre. So level two, you have to come in off Jackson Street. So head up there and the manager will give you a good deal and obviously great service. So yeah, that's one of the things I sort of worked on while I was playing and that um, come to fruition at the start of this year. Obviously, i um, very excited about that and I've got a couple of other things that I do as well, which um, which I enjoy. So I'm pretty fortunate. So if you if you mention the word demon land, you get a, a very special discount, I'm sure. <laughs> 20% off for all demon fans, all right? 20% off. There you go. <laughs> Doesn't get better than that. Oh, I won't be in the speedos washing the car, but um, <laughs> damn, I might, I might pop in one day and say good day. <laughs> All right, uh, Mark, we just want to thank you for your time. Uh, we really do appreciate you uh, coming on to the show, and it's always great to hear from uh, you know ex demon players. Um, so thank you very much. We have to mention uh, James McDonald and Nathan Brown, who are coaching in the Amos as well. So uh, I actually bumped into Nathan today in the city very briefly. Um, so they're two really good guys and um, got a lot of respect for those two and a lot of time for them. So, yeah, it's good to actually rub shoulders with those when we play against them um, in the ammos and talk about old times. It's, it's great. Uh, I've been, we've spoken to like Robbo and um, Jeff White on the, on this show. And, uh, you know, every time we speak to them, I just before the show, I always have a look at some old footage on YouTube and it's, it's great seeing all the old guys play. Uh, you know, we really had some special players over the years and uh, yeah, James McDonald, he's one of them. Definitely. 100%. Yeah. 
All right. So, yeah, thank you very much, Mark, for, for joining us tonight. As I Thanks said. for having me, guys. I really appreciate it. All right. Not a problem. Good thank on you. you. Cheers. Cheers. Thanks. Cheers. Thanks, Mark. Well, that that was uh, Mark Jamar, um, 2010 All-Australian um, ex-Demon player. And, um, yeah, it was, as I said, it was great watching some of those highlights today of him, you know, just palming the ball straight down, uh, you know, yep. Beamer's throat. And, uh, yeah, they had a really uh, sort of special relationship in the uh, middle of the ground there. Yep, obviously still pals off the field too, which is good to hear. And, uh, yeah, that was a, a interesting interview. Um particularly the bit about what happened at the end of his last season at the D's, about being blindsided a little bit when uh, when told that his services would no longer be required. So um, that was interesting, wasn't it? Yeah, you sort of, you'd like to sort of go out on your own terms as well. I think, you know, uh, maybe get the send-off uh, from the from the supporters and, and all that, that, that'd be nice as well. But, it seems uh, like they might have changed their mind at the last minute. It sa- or or sounds perhaps like there it. was a, commu- a, a you know, communication breakdown somewhere along the way. But uh, you sense he just held back on the, um, you know, on some of the off-field drama that happened yeah, well, um, you know, around you could, 186. Yeah, and, yeah. Uh, uh, you, you definitely get Cameron, that. The Cameron Schwab era. Yeah, yeah. Oh, hundred uh, uh, percent. You know, and um, you know, it's not like we're uh, hard-hitting journalists. <laughs> We've got to no, sort of jam- no, we don't, we don't hammer need to it out of into all that. You know, uh, we start doing that, and we'll get no uh, ex-players coming. On the show. That's right. And um, isn't it good? It's we've spoken about this before. I think when we when we spoke to Jeff White, we've just had a succession of great ruckmen um, going back. Uh, going back to the days of uh, Straubs and Jimmy, basically. Yeah, yeah. so, you know, Straubs. Um, Brownlows and uh, all Australians um, right right the way through. So, And I think even guys like, you know, that were only there for a short time, Darren Jolly was a great ruckman and then yep. obviously proved it uh, going to Collingwood and playing in uh, some premierships. And, yeah, we've had some good ruckmen over the time and uh, we've got a pretty good ruckman at the, at the moment. And someone actually... Uh, should have asked. Um, and uh, even Steph Martin's player. Is, yep, Steph you know, Martin. He's um, more always than, liked him. More than uh, holding his own over in Brisbane. We'll play him this week. I liked uh, P- uh, Paul Johnson as well, who played with um, with Mark uh, for a time. Yep. Um, but someone uh, sent me a question uh, through Skype uh, just prior to the show, and I, I forgot to ask Mark this, but... He might. I don't know whether he saw. You know, he said he doesn't watch much of the demons play, um, but it was about uh, Max's um, Max this week and what those oh, free the, kicks, uh, those free kicks against him, and yeah. um, you know, what does he think of the current ruck rules and uh, what would he have? Done, what would Mark have done if he was in Max's shoes when those free kicks? Uh, so uh, I'm not sure if Mark saw the saw the game, but I'm sure he he could have uh, related to to that. But uh, yeah, yeah, we so. forgot about that, didn't we? Yeah, but. Uh, let's talk about uh, the game and maybe we'll we'll start there. I mean, uh, I was baffled a number of times when the free kicks were given. I don't even know what the free kicks were for. All of a sudden, it, it appeared that he was getting jumped into and then all of a sudden it's a free kick against Max. I don't know. Not only that, but I watched the replay yesterday for the first time and there are a whole lot of instances I saw where Max's arm did exactly the same thing and he didn't get penalised. So I just, there seemed to be no rhyme and reason to it. And, uh, um, yeah, eight 
free kicks to nil um, in that uh, in that third quarter, and that was a big part of helping them, um, you know, get that run on because, you know, yes, um, yes, they lifted, but it was umpire assisted. There's no doubt about that. It's got some incredible decisions going their way. Yeah. Obviously, none paid to us. So <laughs> um, I think that was, you know, I'm not really one to blame umpires and I've never thought that they've costed a game, no. or cost a game or anything like that. But um, I thought that they played a part in uh, in that third quarter in, well, on, it, on uh, it, Sunday. It, wasn't, it was just one after the other after other. And I don't even think they were there. Like, you know, we complain about free kicks and whatever, but... I had a look at some of them again, you know, while I was watching replay, and I didn't think some of them were there. And then, you know, we're laying amazing tackles. There's one, there was a tackle deep in their f- forward line, um, uh, Angus Brayshaw. A yep. perfect tackle, you know, didn't push in the back, didn't pin the arms, you know, you know, he sort of even brought the, he took the brunt of the fall so that he would minimise that type of, you know, those injuries to, to players in tackles. And the guy just dropped. It seems that there's no dropping the ball, there's no holding the ball, there's no incorrect disposal. It's just, and then, then there'll be a player who who who, you know, goes for the ball. Ten players jump on him, and the and the umpire will just call dropping the ball when there's no chance a guy can get that out. But then they're missing absolute sitters. Um, yeah, that uh, frustrates me to no end. But yeah, um, it certainly did. Uh, affect the momentum um, of the game, those those decisions in the third. Um, now, when we talk about... Let, uh, let's let's talk about some of the, the good efforts. I, I'm not sure how we'll do this. Do we go sort of you know, certain player by player and talk about them? Um, and I'll, I'll name one. Uh, Cam Peterson probably played one of his uh, best games for the club. Um, took... I think um, I think he took like eight marks. He had six tackles and twenty six disposals. Um, I thought yep. he was and kicked two, a couple of goals as per usual. Um, uh, it, the goal on half time was was crucial. Was crucial as well because they had kicked a couple. I think they had kicked three in a row, possibly. So he just sort of stemmed the tide a bit. But really, just um, you really stood up and played one of his best games. And when we really needed him, and no Jesse Hogan, no Watts. We needed a Cam Peterson to, to step up, um, and he did. And uh, One thing I noticed on the replay was his ruck work was really good. Yeah. Um, he, he's, comp- he's been a great competitor in the ruck all year, but uh, he won some, won some good um, hit-outs on the weekend and uh, set up some good clearances, uh, particularly in that last quarter to, to uh, Clayton Oliver. So, uh, yeah, he had a super game and has been rewarded um, and has agreed to a one-year uh, contract for next year. Now, so, do you think, uh, what do you think of that, that one year? Do you think he, he deserves extra or at the moment it's no, a year by he, year? No, he's obviously happy to go one year at a time. He's yep. 30 yep. and uh, he shouldn't be signed for more than one year. We've got weed developing and, yep. he, you know, if not uh, – um, at the start or during the year, then by the end of next year, he should be developed or, you know, by the start of the uh, season after, by 2019. So uh, if Pedersen's happy to sign on for one and he is, then um, all's good to go. Great news for yeah. everyone. 
destroy all in the chat room has said that David King said in the uh, if the All Australian ruck spot was decided by Cam Peterson's eight weeks in the ruck, he'd be clear in front. Yeah, I saw that. That was just on uh, AFL three hundred and sixty, and Kingy, as always, had a swag of ruck stats for the top eight ruckmen in the competition, and uh, obviously there was no Melbourne player on the list. But <laughs> at the end of the se- at the end of um, pointing out all these stats. Um, he said, "Yeah, that if if you included um, Peterson's eight weeks, um, he'd be the he'd be the leader by a mile." So it just goes to show um, how valuable he's been this year, um, both with uh, Max in and out of the team, and, and with Jesse and Jack out too. Yeah, um, I've been a big fan of him for a long time. Early on in the year, he's a good kick at goal as well. He's, isn't a, he? he's a great kick at goal, and he guy can take. Take a mark, and he's a great yep. tackler as well. Um, yeah. Yep. So I'm a big fan. I mean, there have been games where he's sort of gone missing, or for whatever reason, but he really has um, proven. You know, he's um, he's proven that he deserves a, a, a you know a contract extension, and uh, yeah, we'll we'll take that year by year. Um, and he's he's a classic competitor. Yeah. Um, he does, as you say, his tackling's great and his attack on the ball. So um, he's very much uh, made in the Goodwin mould. Yeah. Um, so we'll just talk about Maxi. I mean, he had those free kicks against him, but uh, yeah, he wasn't uh, was sort of beaten as well in the ruck. Um, I thought um, not his best game. Uh, no, it ebbed and flowed a bit, yeah. I thought. Uh, I thought he dominated early, yeah. or we dominated well, we, early. Yeah, yeah. Um, Oliver, of course, had a sensational first quarter, and so did uh, Dom Tyson, I thought. Um, Tyson, When Tyson's playing footy like that, he's, you know, he's a gun, basically. Yeah. Um, excellent disposal, getting heaps of the footy, um, kicking goals. So great first quarter from those two. And, of course, um, you know, James Harms also, um, well, he, he was on fire in that first quarter. But it wasn't until I, watched, until I watched the replay that I saw how much, other good, how much other good work he did in the rest of the game. And we've seen, we've seen it a fair bit this year. He's hard running. Yep. He runs really hard both ways. Um, he's good at creating space and getting into space at half forward. Um, and, uh, yeah, he, he finished off his work on the weekend too, which, yeah. was, um, it w- which was good to see, it capitalising. Wasn't, it wasn't just the three goals that he kicked, um, which were fantastic because he, he sold, sold, the, sold a few dummies and, uh, you know, was able to finish off and kick goals. But he, he also was involved in another at least two goals in the first yep. quarter. Um, you know, it's just really sort of coming into that game. You know, there was a question mark over him earlier on in the year, I think. But um, I think he's now showing, you know, why the coach has had faith in him. And, you know, this is an absolute credit to, to, to Goodwin. You know, he's sort of seeing things two moves ahead of, you know, all of us. And, yeah, uh, I think he's really he's improved his game. I, was, I thought it was his best game for the club on the weekend, Harms, and it wasn't just the three goals because uh, he's done that before. 
Um, I thought just some of his other work across half forward was was really good, um, uh, including in the second and, and last quarters. So uh, well done to him and well done to the man whose name we often mention alongside Harms, and that's Nibbler. Yep. Yeah, uh, he's also um, one of his skills is just finding space yep. in forward fifty, and um, he just does that really well. Um, you know, when we're looking uh, looking to hit someone up, and he's you know um, found a bit of room. Um, so Nipple's going quite well too. Also, um, now there, there was a there was a guy who played on the weekend, who was returning to the team. Um, and I thought he was one of our better players and, and sort of um, found a new position uh, for himself. Um, Angus Brayshaw, what a return. Oh, it was superb, wasn't it? Couldn't have, couldn't have been better for him, including the hit, yeah. um, even though at the time, uh, you know, the entire MCG sort of, held its collective breath, um, but, you know, it reinforced for him that he was good to go and he could handle a strong hit and um, just would have given him the confidence to really attack the footy. And he was back in the game within, well, you know, he was back on his feet within seconds, but, you know, he, he got a whole bunch of possessions really soon after, yeah. so it didn't throw him in any way. And they were really good possessions. He took a couple of good marks and used the ball well. It was the best of Angus Brayshaw, the Brayshaw that we saw in his debut year, and uh, uh, glad that we all got to applaud him when he first came on and when he came back to the bench for his first rest. And um, the best thing about it, and and if you haven't watched it, it's worth watching, look at his post-match interview on the club website because you see how much it means to him and how difficult it would have been um, for, you know, during the year and the doubts he would have had um, and just how overjoyed he was to overcome them and be uh, back out on the G playing in front of a big crowd with the Ds. Yeah, and uh, in such good form because if you recall, uh, he was actually, he got injured in the twos, but the reason he was in the twos was because he got dropped. Yep. Um, you know, so his form was down at the time, so that couldn't have helped uh, his, you know, his general, uh, you know, mood with you know how his footy's going, and just to see the way he played and the ferocity. I mentioned the tackle earlier. Uh, if you follow us on Facebook, go have a look. I've, I put up a thing today for uh, you know just a little clip of uh, of that tackle, and it was just <laughs> you know, inspirational stuff. Yeah, so give tackle. him a pre-season next year and he's, he'll be a gun. Yeah. He is a gun. It's like having uh, a, a new recruit thought that. A new recruit in the team um, late in the year. So, um, yeah, that's the, uh, fantastic. Um, I, I will mention, uh, if you want to call the show, you can call us. We love getting calls from uh, fellow Demon Landers, 0390163666, or you can Skype us on Demonland31. Uh, we know... You can call in because we've had people call in before. Uh, give us a call and uh, you can talk uh, to us about anything that we're chatting about tonight or any other topic you want to bring up, something that we miss. Um, yeah, so. You know who was back to uh, their best form on the weekend after a little bit of a quiet patch was Jaden Hunt. Yes, yes. Got, uh, got a lot of the footy, particularly early, 
and after first um, having that long running shot from 50, which he missed, uh, he then lowered his eyes yeah. in the three or four times that followed that yeah. and found a target every time, I think. I, so I, th- I thought it was a great game. A few times when he was running in later on after that first one, I thought that perhaps he'd lost a bit of confidence to be able to just... Because I'd liked him to back himself and to have a shot at some of those times, but, you know... He has kicked get fr- those goals Yeah, before. he has. He kicked one against Hawthorne last year. Um, you know, but people, against Carlton. Yeah, yeah, people get a bit frustrated with that uh, and want him to sort of lower his eyes. And he did that a few times and gave a short pass off and found someone. Um, but I love it when, when he gets the ball and just runs and, you know, sort of puts the jets on and burns past uh, his opponents. Uh, it, it's great to watch. Yep. Um, you know, we talked about Oliver just again, you know, superb in the midfield. I think he was in the amongst the coaches' votes. Um, and we've got a call coming in, so let's uh, let's take that. Hello, uh, you're on the Demon Lamb podcast. Uh, who am I talking to? Oh, good, mate. Okay, so I'm Adrian from Adelaide, a long time D supporter, but um, first time caller and uh. Just enjoying your podcast tonight and uh, the chat with Russian, I thought was really good. Oh, thank you. Um, I just have a question um, about Jack Watts. Um, obviously, he's was, was in the twos last week and had a original run with Casey. And I was having a chat to a mate today about whether he should come back or whether he needs to stay in the reserves and sort of um, serve his penance because obviously, prior to injury, he was playing really well. And um, but since his return, he's, he's Return from injury, his um, yeah, his form has struggled. So I wasn't sure what your thoughts, guys, were what your thoughts were on that. Whether he should come back or um, perhaps give Bidman and other guys more opportunities. It's a great question, and it's been mm. hotly debated, as probably you would have seen on the forum. And uh, I don't know yes, if you've yeah. logged on just recently, but the VFL report from Justin Plapp has just lobbed in about half an hour ago. And mm-hmm, mm-hmm. it was complimentary without um, without being gushing in its praise. And oh, really? Not really a ringing endorsement. So signs of improvement. Mm-hmm. Um, he's capable mm-hmm. of being better. So I'm not convinced that they're going to bring him back this week. And, uh, oh, that's interesting. Um, okay. I didn't see the VFL game, so... You know, I think that. No, I mean, I, I live in Adelaide, so I don't see much VFL action, unfortunately. But I, yeah. I just think for us to be a chance in September, we really need Jack to be up and going. I think he's pivotal to that. But obviously, if his form doesn't warrant it, then that's another subject. So, it's, um, yeah, it was interesting to hear that report. Absolutely. Did Did you see the uh, seniors game on the weekend? What did you think of Sam? I did. Yeah, we actually travelled from Adelaide to watch it. Oh, my okay. Wife and I, um, Good she's stuff. a fan and. I'm obviously a D's man, so um, we're both very happy um, in the end. So it was great to get to the G and watch the boys play out. So he loved it. It was one of the better weekends we had this year, and really enjoyed the game. I thought the boys, I thought Pedro was outstanding. Um, his game was, you know, sensational, and and Jonesy lived from the front as always, and it was good to see him back as well. But yeah, I loved the game. It was a great team effort, absolutely. How how often do you come over for games? Uh, we normally come once a year. Um, we normally come Queen's Birthday weekend, but we couldn't um, uh, this year due to other commitments. But we made the effort to come last weekend, and, yeah, really enjoyed it. Always love coming to Melbourne. It's a great place to visit as well. 
and um, yeah, and going to the Mecca, going to the G, I should say, um, yeah, it's always a great experience. And when we win, it's even better. Absolutely. Well, if you well, would, you might get first dibs on tickets uh, if we end up playing court in. The yes, final yes, I've got a few court so. mates in Adelaide, so um, there's every chance I'll have to put up with them if we uh, happen to play them in Adelaide. <laughs> so, if any demon land is any accommodation in Adelaide, um, they're welcome to stay at our place, so it's not a problem as well. All right, there, you, there you generous have offer. If, if that happens, yeah. we've got still two more games to go, so it can't get ahead of us. Yeah, I, I, I don't want to get ahead of myself just yet. Uh, with no, I, I, know, I know what history's like, mate. So yeah, I don't want to get. I, I don't want to go there just yet. Let's wait till we get there, and uh, we'll go from there. Well, if you would have gone to the Queen's birthday game, you would have seen uh, Jack Jack Watts uh, at his finest, uh, winning, mm. sealing the game. I know. For us. Ha- I watched it from home. Yeah, yeah. He played really well that day. So you went to the game this week. Uh, I, I guess when Jack, the Jack Watts, mm. the whole Jack Watts being in the equation, I guess there's another mm-hmm, there's mm-hmm. another person that uh, needs to be talked about, and that's Sam Wiedemann. Um, Absolutely, because yeah, he yeah. he looked a little bit lost on on the weekend. He did, he did. In the first, I thought in the first quarter he presented himself. He crashed a few packs yep. and gave a few handballs. But I thought as the game got on, he did struggle a little bit. So whether that was a fitness thing or a form thing, I'm not sure. And also, I think he had Carlisle on him originally at yeah. the start, and he sort of struggled with that matchup. But then um, I'm also thinking this week of Brisbane not having such a good, strong backline, he might flourish a bit more, particularly if T-Mac can be a bit more up forward as well. So it'd be interesting to see how good he and the um, coaching staff handle that one. Absolutely. Yeah, got it in one. It's yeah. going to be fascinating. Absolutely. Yeah, so, so I can... No worries. Uh, yeah, uh, well... Thank you, uh, thank you for for calling and joining us on the Demon Land no, no podcast. Worries. My pleasure, my pleasure. Thank you very much. All right, and, uh, and yeah. we'll lob up at your right. place um, for finals in three or four weeks. No I've worries, no worries. I've, invitations out there, um, pending <laughs> confirmation. <laughs> <laughs> no worries. All right. All right. Thanks, boys. Thank you. Thank you. Cheers. Thanks. Bye. Always, always nice hearing from other uh, Demon Landers. If you want to join the conversation, uh, let us know what you thought of the game. Uh, 0390163666 or you can Skype us, Demonland31. We've also got a chat room, uh, demonland.com slash podcast. I should have mentioned that before the uh, JMR interview. I should write these things down so that I say it at the top of the show. Uh, but demonland.com slash podcast. We've got a live chat. You can ask us questions there or use one of the phone numbers that are on that page to give us a call. Or talk to your fellow Demonlanders. George and the Outers, uh, usually in the chat room, destroy all, um, can usually be counted on to be in there, cracking gags. So uh, tends to be a pretty, you know, good place to hang out. Yeah. So on a uh, Wednesday evening. <laughs> If you've got nothing better to, to do, then uh, join uh, us and the uh, 92 other people list currently listening at the moment. Um, so, um, yeah, uh, Wiedemann, he did look a little bit lost, uh, as a caller said. You know, he was crashing a few packs, but he's really got to start taking marks and I guess, you know, putting some pressure on the scoreboard to be an asset to the team. And I've I've said he'll, he will eventually, he'll get there, um, but... I don't know. I don't know if he's ready. I don't know just if he's yet. required to take marks at the moment. Goody seemed pretty happy with his performance in the post-match presser. Yep. Um, I thought uh, we were quite critical of him on the day. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought he was uh, a bit better once I saw the replay, but he, you know, he's still um, he's young, and they take uh, he's young, and, and they uh, take time. Uh, young, you know, younger big men. Uh, yeah, not take only time. that, but he's still got uh, growing and filling yep. out to do. 
Um, so he gets pushed out of contests a bit, even though he is a good competitor. Yeah. Um, so that's part of the reason why, you know, he looks lost because he's um, <laughs> uh, um, the chat room is funny. So you should go in there. Um, <laughs> um, uh, now I've completely lost my train <laughs> of thought. To talk about uh, that, he needs to have some filling out, and yeah, I think yes. Uh, uh, I think a preseason yeah, so, under his belt you know, will do him the world Another good. year or two, and uh, we know he's going to be fine. We know he's got the goods. Like, I, I, you know, he's he's talented. He'll get there. Um, uh, t- 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 I laughed because Simon Goodwin has made a surprise appearance <laughs> yes, yeah. um, in the uh, in the chat room, and he's got that uh, he's got that goody game face. So yeah. um, that's why I laughed. Uh, T Mac going down back. He just he just proved how versatile he is because there were you know a, a number of times he he had some you know you know that punching punching away um, and spoiling. He, he the guy really can play at both ends of of the field and uh, arguably another f- arguably uh, his best year at the club T Mac yeah. yeah and he'd have to be running third in the B and F wouldn't he. It'd be uh, Oliver Hibbard then T Mac, and I don't know which which way Oliver Hibbard will go. One two, but um, T Mac is surely third, wouldn't he? Yeah, um, don't look at all. Depends Jeffy on how the, how they how they Nev. give the how they give the votes. It's uh, I'd say Oliver's probably number one, um, but then again, Michael Hibbard does his job each week and. You know they usually give those votes based it's going to be on. close at this stage, yeah. isn't it? Well, we've got uh, the the uh, Demonland Player of the Year, which uh, of course is 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 probably the worst indication. Does have uh, Oliver uh, Hibbard one and two? It's then followed by Nathan Jones and Tom McDonald. But Nathan Jones has missed a number yep. of uh, games. So um, yeah, Tom yep. Tom McDonald, Neville Jetta, Jack Viney, Jack Watts. Um, so. Yeah, I, I look, it's between Oliver and Hibbard. I think no one will get close to him. But, yeah, you're right, Tom McDonald's probably. Uh, and which which of those players makes the All-Australian well, we, squad? Well, that was another thing. Uh, so the AFL.com.au uh, website uh, released – well, they just – this is an official thing, but they sort of, from every club, they named sort of who the prospective uh, sort of guys are and they named four – from the D's, and there's no surprise. There was Clayton Oliver, Michael Hibbard, uh, Neville Jeddah, and Jeffy Garlett. Um, and that's sort of who could make it possibly for the squad of 40. Now, I would say I think Michael Hibbard will be robbed if he doesn't make the actual team. Um, I think I don't think Oliver will make it, and that's not because I don't think he does it. Well, does it it's not that he doesn't deserve it, but I don't think they'll put him in there. There's a few other darlings of the AFL that will get in before him. There is, well, it's a, it's, as someone said in the thread not long ago, it's a hot midfield. Yes, um, yeah. So if Oliver can, yeah, squeeze in perhaps on the bench, then yeah, that'd be uh, it'd be you know, I think pretty that's, awesome. I think that's the best he can hope for is is getting a slot on the bench. If Howe um, gets in ahead of Hibbard, I will. Absolutely, poke my eyes out with a fork. I wouldn't be surprised. They love Collingwood, and uh, they want to keep Collingwood happy. And there's my conspiracy theory for the day. Um, that is a conspiracy theory. <laughs> uh, Neville Jeddah, 
whilst we all know how underrated he is in the eyes of the AFL, uh, he's got not a chance of making it, and that's because he is underrated by... by uh, He'll by get in everyone. the squad. I would love him to get in the squad. I hope he does, but I don't... I, don't think he'll get into the team, um, uh, even though no. I think he's he's a great player and one of the best small, if not the best uh, small, yeah. But yep. for some reason, he just doesn't get, um, you know, that credit that he deserves. And they always throw that underrated tag along with it, as if that's going to make it all um, okay. Mm. Um, but yeah, and then Jeffy Garland, I think, has had a fantastic year. Uh, look, Eddie Betts. Very hard to, you know, they love Eddie Betts. Um, but Jeff, I think... Scarlett hasn't had a good, uh, I, I, I think his had last a good month, few weeks, I think he? his last month will cost him, and I know he's had issues. He's had a relative pass away. Uh, yep. he hasn't, he's been back and forth from WA, I believe, in the last couple of weeks. So, uh, you know, there's training stuff that he's missed and all that. So, um, yeah, a- Having said that, that, he only needed the ball to bounce his way a bit better on the weekend, he still would have had his usual three or four goals. So, yeah. um, and look, and we yeah. said on the we said on the day early of for three quarters, uh, Hannon and uh, Garlett didn't get a sniff, didn't go near it. But look what happened in the last quarter. Mm, All it takes three quick goals from uh, from, from both them, of them. So. From both yep. of them. So, um, and yeah, and then Jeffy nearly had actually like Hannon two in a minute mm. um, because he nearly got one out the back. After he after he kicked that first one, but the the ball just sort of bounced awkwardly and yeah. he didn't get it. So um, for someone like Jeffy, it really can just be the bounce of the ball, just doesn't go your way on a certain day. So um, and whilst we're talking about Hibbard, uh, both Hibbard and Lewis uh, affected. Uh, well, Hibbard affected a spoil late uh, late in the yeah, game, yeah. and yep. then um, you know. Uh, uh, Jordan Lewis got on the ground and uh, you know picked up a put his a, head down yeah put his head down picked up the ball and got it out to you know got a handball out and yeah I just want to applaud those efforts that was just you know that's what you watch footy for and it's those type of efforts that win you games and get you into finals. Um, well, Hibbert made that kind of spoil against Collingwood um, in that passage of play that led up to the yep. Watts goal. So we've seen that from him a few times and. Look, I've been disappointed in Lewis generally, but there have been three occasions this year at least where I've been so grateful for his presence. One, he was in exactly the right spot um, in the final seconds of the West Coast game so that as they went forward, um, basically on the siren, he took the the mark in their forward line. Um, uh, He sealed the Carlton game with his little... um, little trick with Nibbler yep. and that passage of play on the weekend when I think it was, it was either four points or ten, I can't remember, but um, basically saved a certain goal there. So um, he's been uh, he's been really important at a few pivotal moments over the year, even though even though uh, perhaps his disposal um, hasn't hasn't been great all the way through. All right. Um, yeah. Well, I think that um, you know that sort of uh, wraps up the game. Uh, I think we've talked about most players. Maybe there's one more uh, player we can talk about. Uh, Christian Petraka, I think, has been a little bit out of sorts. Hasn't been sort of getting into the games 
he feels sometimes he's on the cusp of doing something. But, uh, yeah, he's been a bit uh, down. Uh, people have sort of said on the boards perhaps he's carrying some type of injury or something or maybe needs to be rested. Uh, I don't know what, the, uh, what to do there because obviously he's a talented footballer and you don't uh, drop I don't know why like you'd rest someone two no, weeks before well, they're likely to get a crazy. rest anyway. Yeah. yeah. And particularly someone of Petraka's talent. and Unless he had, um, was carrying an injury, but that's based on absolutely nothing. So um, we'll leave it up to in the hands of the coaching staff. I didn't think he was great watching the game live, but mm-hmm. uh, watching the replay yesterday, I think his, his, um, his sort of inside work was pretty good. We just didn't see the outside stuff that yep. sometimes go with it. Um, so he seemed to be sort of in packs and shuffling the ball yeah, out and getting little hand passes and does do that. a few intercepts here and there. So um, I thought he was okay, and the notion that we would rest him is, to me, ridiculous. I bet you now Goody comes out and uh, rests him for the week just to make a <laughs> uh, make a fool of me. But, yeah, it, it doesn't make sense to me. Yeah. Um, and you know what? I think, I don't know, to me, if you... I mean, you rest players, I don't know. It depends, look, if they've got injuries. I, I was going to say it could smack of a bit of arrogance resting them going against in against the bottom team. Uh, but I, I, I don't think the coaches are going to take the game lightly and I certainly I don't think the players will uh, either. Um, yep. the, the only thing, uh, we've talked about the game, but we didn't sort of touch on the Saints' comeback. Um yeah, we were going to talk about it in the terms of, um, you know, sort of the MFC SS type of thing, but was it a worry that we blew a big, a pretty big lead? Um, that, that first quarter was fantastic. The second start of the second term was was good. I thought we had most of the ball in the second quarter, in the first part of the second quarter, but failed to sort of capitalise and, and probably go up a few extra goals. And then we let them kick a couple in a row. Um, are the blowing of these leads, or, or you know, the, is that a worry? Um, no, I don't think so. I don't think so. It happens with a young, tiring team, and it just happens in footy. And I, th- I thought um, we were pretty cooked in the third quarter as well. We, we, yeah, we, we but we steadied up. really nicely. Yeah, um, and the last quarter was strong. So, uh, you know, St Kilda. They're not a great team, but they're not easy beats. No. So to dominate them for three out of four quarters, I think, is was pretty good. And look, the, we are obviously a new Melbourne team because the Melbourne of old would have lost that game. And yep. we've said that in a number of times this year where we've stood up in the last quarter. Um, so, yeah, this is, uh, this is the new Ds. But, uh, yeah, I do want to see four-quarter efforts. I would, you know... Look, we we need to win these next two games because I, I don't want to have... If we lose one, we can still pretty much make it. It's going to depend on uh, percentage. And I've, I've done the numbers with a few different scenarios and we can still make it. But I don't want to have to rely <laughs> rely on that because percentage it could be the killer of us. And, and that's why games like this, when we had a good lead and blew it, that could come and bite us in the bum. But... We're the masters of our own destiny at the moment, and two wins gets us into the finals. That's that's simple as that. Yep. Um, all right. Uh, someone is making their return uh, to football this week. Um, 
sort of in different circumstances to Angus Brayshaw. Uh, Tommy Bug is uh, available for selection. Uh, your thoughts? We I, I thought I would put a controversial thread up on on Demon Land to sort of feel out: Would you? Does he get straight back into the seniors? Uh, does he have to earn his way back through um, Casey? And it was sort of quite a polarising um, bit of a debate. Um, what are your thoughts? Well, I he's not really best 22 for mine. And this is the problem when you get yourself suspended for six weeks. Other blokes go past you. And we spoke about uh, Alex Neil Bullen at the top of the show. And Neil Bullen is doing very well what Tommy Bug does, which is find space at half forward. Um, and Nibbler is arguably a better set shot than Bug. Um, so, yeah, you know, um, no way does he come straight back for mine, and I think he'll struggle to get back generally. Um, well, uh, there's there's just others ahead of him at the moment, including Christian Salem, well, who's uh, not in the team. 81.94% of people agree with you. Uh, the 127 people said uh, he's got to come back through Casey. 28 people, that's 18%, uh, said uh, straight into the seniors. Um, look, uh, some people made the argument that uh, during that period where we were we had won a couple of games, uh, he was one of our better players. Um, does that not hold any sway or his actions of... Uh, no, but that was then and this is now and uh, who would you drop for him? No, well, moment? look, we had a win this week. It's very hard to, to drop anyone and we'll probably talk about that shortly, Of uh, which we will be talking about in a second. We may as well talk about it now. Who? And who, He does need to earn respect back. Yep. Nash made a good point in that thread yeah, today did. that, um, you know, he sucked the, you know, he started the um, oh, we were, the business we're... with the Swans. He psyched them into it and psyched himself out of it. Now that's letting your team down in a very bad way because he didn't get a kick after um, after uh, we, the we incident. Had, we had lost that game already by then. I don't think that was. I understand what you're oh, saying. Oh, it was pretty early. Yeah. They, anyway, they dominated us in the in the first quarter. They just didn't have scoreboard domination. He gave us nothing after you know, losing his call. So he needs to learn how to keep his call um, or keep performing um, when he does dish it out. So Well, it'll be interesting to see. It sounds like he will go through, Casey, at least one game. It'll be interesting to see when, we, when we're when we here this time next we're week. We're not talking about a certain best 22 player. We're talking about a fringe player. So Well, we've had a few fringe under players Under no circumstances year. would he come straight in for mine. Yep. Uh, look, we've had a lot of fringe players throughout the year and they've sort of cemented their spot. So uh, there's no doubt he's not going to be straight in the team. I think he'll be playing at Casey this this week and um, it'll be interesting if he has a good game at Casey. What the, um, what the well, you know, We'll be sitting here next week to talk about this exact same thing, who comes in mm. and who goes out of the, for the Collingwood game and it'll be interesting to see if his name's there. Um, injury list... Um, I think the the main there's a few people that possibly could be injured. Um, uh, do you know anything about Oscar McDonald? They said that he had some rib injury, but I didn't see him on the injury list. Um, no, I can only presume there. he's fine. 
uh, Viney. Uh, and that was in that uh, spoil that Hibbard made. Because oh, Oscar's yep. body was yep. right in there yep. too, and he got crunched. Yeah, uh, Jack Viney. Someone, you know, he's, he, someone said, or it was reported that he was on crutches. He's very sore, but I'm pretty sure. I mean, I saw him after the Port Adelaide game, which was his first game back. I saw him the next day, and he was on crutches. And apparently, he was on crutches because he, he's being told to, that's how he's managing his injury. So I'm positive that yeah, this is the same reason. I think it's reason. just taking the weight off yeah, the foot for the, more than anything for else. For the next so. few days after a game, he was taking the weight off the foot. So I don't think there's anything in that, and I don't think that unless he actually is injured, um, more so than a managing of that um, you know, because he had surgery not long ago. Um, yeah, so I, I'm not worried about that yet. Uh, we talked about Padraka, whether he needed a rest or not. That's, that's you know, won't worry about that. Hogan, there was a report, and I don't know if that was based on uh, our interview last week with uh, Demon's assistant coach, uh, Troy Chaplin, which you can uh, hear if you go to uh, soundcloud.com and search for Demonland. Um Apparently he resumed, um, you know, contact work, and there was an article in the Australian saying that he may be back as early as next week, uh, meaning this week. Um, I, d- I doubt it. I, d- I don't think. That yeah, I doubted it when Chaplin said it, but um, it was just good to know that he was back training and testing out the shoulder, and we saw vision of that. And the club posted on Instagram or Twitter a short time ago um, shots of him at training again today. So. Um, yeah, I wouldn't have thought he's in the mix for this week, but uh, it'd be great to see him back the week after. Yeah, definitely. So, um, who do we make any changes this week? Um, I mean, let's presume there's no one's got an injury. Um, is there anyone pushing to come in? Uh, I guess Watts is the, the watts Wiedemann question. Uh, that's probably out there, but other than that? Um, well, Billy Stretch, you know, is in the conversation, I suppose. But um, then who... I haven't read the full um, VFL report yet. I've only seen the Watts, um, but who, uh, the who, Watts appraisal. So Who comes out? Um, uh, well, one of the suggestions, I'm just in that thread at the moment, is uh, Stretch for Wagner. Well, they're sort of different. I think Stretch, uh, I think Wagner came in for because of Salem. Mm. Uh, he sort of came in to replace him. I don't mind Wags at the moment. Yeah, I think he had a good game. But there was a couple of things. I think he fluffed a few things, but everyone fluffs something, you know, here and there. I, I liked him. I think he had some good attack on the ball and, um, uh, you know, some good delivery into, into the forward half of the ground. Um, I'm happy to keep him. He... Not just because he is, uh, we sponsor him at Demon Land, uh, so I've got a bit of a vested interest there. Um, well, yeah, speaking of vested interest, Drunken167 uh, just posted in the changes thread a short time ago, and he, of course, is Declan Kilty's brother. That, uh, oh, okay, I didn't know that. That Declan uh, killed it on the training track oh. today, outmarking both Watts and Frost. And got some uh, nice praise from the coach. Well, so. it's it's interesting because I was watching the coach's presser. Uh, mm. Well, it was his presser or after the game, um, yep. and he mentioned uh, Kelty as well. So I mean, I, I think he had a really good game on yeah, the weekend. So uh, look, I wouldn't be surprised. We've seen, uh, and that's another Corey Maynard. He could he could possibly uh, 
yep. know, get in the team. And uh, Frost. So I, I wouldn't be surprised if we see another debutant before the year is even out. Uh, this is what uh, Goody does. Um, he, he, he's not afraid to sort of make those changes and play, you know, in an important game to play the mm. first game. I, 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 I get the impression that he's not afraid to make those type of moves and take, take risks, which I guess is a good thing. Um, I'd be surprised, but uh, as you say, he's um, nothing if not adventurous. So, um, yeah, I mean, I suppose Declan could come in and go back and Tom Mack could go forward. Um, so were you then, saying the brother, his brother, posts on Demonland? Yep, drunken one six seven. And, and, uh, have you verified this? Have you seen oh, his no, driver's license? Is, I'm surprised you don't know. It's common knowledge. Oh, okay. All right. I know. I do. I didn't know. Because um, we had a thread uh, today on Demonland. Uh, someone um, uh, posted a thread about uh, how many current and past players read and post on Demonland. And I guess we don't know um, sort of that information. Um, well, you could go through everyone's registration you know, information I possibly. I and... wouldn't do that. And even if I did, I, <laughs> I wouldn't be telling you or anyone else. Well, I might tell you, but no, just kidding. Um, no, I don't I know. I would have thought none. Yeah, look, I, I, look I was, when I was um, went to a player's sponsors function um, after the Port Adelaide game, and that was just prior to we to us interviewing Jaden Hunt, and I, I was just sort of chatting with him for a little bit because we sponsor him, and I was just sort of t- teeing up, you know, the time that we'd give him a call for the for the podcast, and he goes, oh, so what's Demonland? And, like, he, he had no idea what it was. Um, I said, oh, it's just a forum. You know, I sounded like a bit of a geek probably to him, <laughs> just telling him what it was. You know, for the people who can't play footy, this is what we do. Um, mm, yeah. Uh, yeah, so... Um, I don't know, but I guess that, you know, people are on, you know, someone said that Colin Garland used to post on um, Big Footy before he got drafted. So, look, these kids are, you know, before they become footballers are using the internet and presumably go onto some forums or even, well, these days it's a bit different because social media is sort of a big thing and there's people, you know, in Facebook groups having discussions and all that. So, um, you know, you could, you could. It's possible that James Harms, for example, who was a Melbourne supporter, was, you know, it might have been on the forum before he ever got drafted, just growing up, because yep. Demon Land's been around long enough to have, yeah, since uh, you know, these guys are young, so, um, yeah. Look, but, I, uh, I don't know, people have said over time... Do, you know, do I think David Neitz sort of, you know... Um, is David Neitz on here? No, I wouldn't <laughs> no. have thought so. Yeah, look, I I've heard over the times that, and I don't know how true this is that you know players have been told, and not just at the D's, players from all clubs have been told not to, you know, read stuff online. But apparently now with social media and Twitter, it's becoming even a you know bigger thing to the point where some players are quite affected by um, you know what is said about them on social media, uh, well, particularly with platforms like Twitter, where you've got almost direct access to the players, you know, at least on Demonland, the players can choose not to go on to it and see, but some of these players have, you know, uh, you know, they have 
a profile on you know a platform like Twitter. They're, they're where they can be directly attacked. You know they've got a presence on on Twitter, um, and people can just write whatever they want. Uh, you know anonymously uh, like uh, they're writing stuff that you wouldn't say to him if you you were face to face with them and uh you know that can wear wear yeah matt jones was yeah um was the subject of a story a couple of months ago about this exact topic and he's obviously one that did take some of the um some of the criticism online to heart like on his social media account and uh reading some of those um, some of the comments that he talked about, and you know, we see some of that kind of stuff on Demonland. It's pretty severe, and you know, there are ways. Uh, yeah, there are ways to do it, really, and um, and ways not to. And us, some of the language that people use, they would never say face to face to anyone, um, let alone a you know player for the club that you supposedly barrack for. So. Well, it's funny, well, you know, this happens on, you know, sort of sites like Demon Land and Bigfooty and the other the other clubs have, have uh, fan sites as well. Um, and it's usually because people are anonymous. And I, I always thought it's because people are anonymous, they think they can say and do whatever they, they want without any repercussions. And us as moderators, whatever we try to, you know, we don't want to... Um, you know, stifled discussion, but we also don't want people outright attacking, you know, individuals, you know. Um, so we do well, whatever we Destroy can. Destroy All's just made the very um, the very valid point in the chat room that it's maybe opposition players are posting as trolls. So, you know, some of the abuse perhaps, uh, Tommy Bug is behind it, um, posting probably under a pseudonym. So... <laughs> Um, that's a possibility, I suppose. Um, Try and get your opponent off his game. It could psychologically. be psychologically. Are you ready? Um, the, look, the point I was making is that I always thought it was the anonymous uh, aspect that allowed people to sort of say what they want. But and you're not on. Uh, I know you're not on Facebook, but uh, Demonland has a Facebook page, and you know, I occasionally post some stuff on there. Stuff from the thing. One of the things I wrote was about. Um, uh, the news about Jesse Hogan. So we had a picture of Jesse Hogan up there with the news that he may be back sooner than he thinks, sooner than we think. And there was some people, po- and people on Facebook post as themselves, and there was some quite harsh criticism, I thought, of... Um, I, th- I thought of uh, Jesse, that, you know, people saying, oh, he's not in our best, um, best players anyway, we play better with- without him, and... I always thought, you know, almost people saying that he's he's crap and we should trade him. And these are people, you know, posting under their own name. I don't know. I just uh, always thought people are more likely to do that when they're anonymous. But it turns out that uh, people can be savages as 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 as, as anything um, using their real name. So I don't know. That just surprised me. Mm, yep. So. Um, well, I guess um, no changes. Now, the poster, yep. the poster, David needs is my dad. Um, I want a paternity test, actually. <laughs> yeah, we should uh, demand that. It says Big Nita ain't on here, but I am, and I think he did post in the thread earlier in the day that he is David Needs Junior. So, I think uh, there was someone claiming to be Matt Phoebe in there no, as well. 
Um, so, um, <laughs> and, I, I think you're and claiming that he and Tingay posted all the time. So, uh, I think, you're I think taking um, I think you're lies, yeah. lies and deceit <laughs> is at uh, work here. Yeah, I'm going to require a um, hundred points of ID <laughs> to confirm uh, your your identity. So, um, yeah. Um, well, I think. Um, I think we'll uh, leave it uh, there for this week. Um, it's a big game. It's our last home game uh, for the year. We do play the last round at the G, but um, it's our, our last last game. Oh, and before we talk about the last game, the the crowd this week, I was much happier with uh, the attendance we had this week as opposed to the attendance we had a couple of weeks ago where it made a little bit of a big deal out of the port uh, game. But, um, yeah, that, that, that initiative, the welcome game, I thought was great, uh, bringing in, um, you know, sort of uh, first-time uh, footy-goers uh, to the footy. And uh, ho- hopefully we converted a couple, um, you know. So good on the club for, for, for doing that because it, it, it's good playing in front of a big crowd practice maybe for the finals. Yep, more of that. More of that. So, uh, yeah, get down uh, to get down to the G this week. Uh, yeah, one uh, last home game. So uh, let's uh, make it a big one. Um, I just want to thank uh, Mark Jamar for joining us uh, tonight on the Demonland podcast. Uh, thank my co-host uh, Great Viney, and uh, you can find us on iTunes or SoundCloud. Just search for Demon Land; you'll be able to find us. Um, come back next week. Uh, we're live every Wednesday. Um, we'll see you next week. Go days. Go days.